questions in my brain because my brain does weird things to me sometimes. And I thought, why did he, why did he strip down? Why did he take this, his outer clothes off? Why did he essentially end up in his undergarments? Why, why did he lay them aside? Why, why was there such a direction there in the way John wrote this? Why is Jesus willing to do this menial task of a low servant for these men that he knew would betray him, that he knew would deny him, that he knew and in, in within the next few days would desert him. We're going to look at this lasting example of serving a little bit closer. I want to continue with what Jesus knew. John chapter 13, verses 3 through 5, John tells us this, starting in verse 3. He says, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God. Do you see that? Jesus knew where he had come from. He knew where he was about to return. He knew that he was going back to God. Yeah, but what he is about to endure is horrific. This, this arrest, this, this mock trial, the abuse, uh, the scoffing, the the pulling of his hair, the, the beating. Yeah, he knew that too. He also knew where he had come from. He knew he had come from God. Jesus knew what we hope for. He knows that to be in the presence of God for all eternity is worth any pain that he would endure. And so at this Passover meal, he sets some things into motion that will leave a lasting impact and a lasting example on his disciples and on the hearts of the world as we would then learn what Jesus has done for us. Verse 4 says this, He rose from supper, laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. He rose from supper. The table has been set. The meal has been served. The servants of the house are no longer in the room. And just Jesus and the twelve, who, by the way, have been talking about who is best among them and who should get to be seated next to Jesus in his kingdom. That's the conversation prior to this. And John says this about his best friend. He rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments. He took up a towel. He tied it around his waist. And verse 5 says, Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And then we skip down to verse 12. The Bible says this. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? Now, as we look at this lasting example of Jesus, I want you to think about this. While Jesus was in this act of washing the feet of his disciples, he was able to see beyond where he was in that moment. Okay? He knew where he was from. He knew where he was going. Yes, he's about to lay down his life, but he was able to see beyond that. He already knew that he was going to be seated at the right hand of God. That's divine security if there ever was any. A security that we can truly take hope in because as a result of what Jesus knows, the creator of the universe is willing to release his rights, if you will, as God's son and walk in earthly humility always doing his Father's will. And right here, right now in this upper room, Jesus is about to express his greatest act of love. Well, I thought that was him dying on the cross. Stay with me. 
I learned something studying this message, or studying about this message, something I hadn't discovered before, and, and, it's, and it's words. And I had them, actually on the back of the bulletin, if, if you're taking notes, down at the bottom, there's two Greek words. And, and here's the thing, the word used in John's gospel, the word that John uses says this, where it says, he laid aside his outer garment. The word for what we would simply refer to as took off, that word is, and I probably won't say it correctly, but it's tethime or tethimai. And it's related, it's a classical Greek word. It's not a common word that's used for the action of taking something off because this form of took off actually refers to Jesus's imminent laying down of his own life. This act where, where we read that he just took off his outer garment, he laid it down, that, with the way John wrote it, the words that he chose show that he's laying down his life, not just his outer garment. All right, so interestingly enough, the word that John uses in his gospel for put on his clothes is lambano, and this word is also used to describe the act of Jesus not just picking up his clothes and putting them on, but taking up his life, resurrecting from the dead. And the way John writes that, these same words are used in John chapter 10, verse 17 through 18. Listen, it says this, For this reason the Father loves me, because I tithemi, I lay down my life, that I may lambano, take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I tithemi, lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to tithemi, Jesus, I have authority to lay down my life to lay it down, and I have authority to lambano, to take it up again. And John uses those same words when Jesus is, when he's describing Jesus taking off this outer garment and then picking it back up in the upper room before he ever gets arrested, before he ever walks down out of the garden get to get to the mock trial, to the beatings, to all that stuff. John's already talking about what's going to happen here. This, and Jesus closes out right here. Um, I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus, in washing their feet, he knows full well, full well where he came from. He knows where he's going back to, but he also knows who he is. He is the Son of God, and with that knowledge, he has the strength needed to endure what's coming his way in this Passion Week. And with that knowledge, he removes his outer garment, and he lays it down. And he pours water into a basin. He wraps a towel around, his, around himself and he washes the disciples' feet. Here's the thing, too. Without his, this outer garment, Jesus was left with a, with a tunic, basically a, a shorter garment. But it was something that, that really closely resembled the undershirt that, it, that the Gentile slaves would often wear when they served a meal. He didn't just pause and wash their feet here. He didn't just go through some actions of, of I'm going to show you how to serve. I'm going to give you a, an illustration. He dressed for the part, if you, or actually he, you could say he undressed for the part. He laid down any possible barrier. He didn't want them to miss what he's calling them to do. He laid down any possible barrier that would allow these men to miss the point. He laid down his outer garment just like he is going to lay down his life for us. He took on, for that moment, the appearance of a servant, the appearance of a house servant. They all knew full well what he was doing. It would have been humbling enough if Jesus would have just grabbed a towel, poured some water, and just started washing their feet. But when he takes off this outer garment and lays it down, when he wraps this towel around this undergarment, this, this house servant wardrobe, and then begins to wash their feet, he's just driving the point home. 
And right here, right now, that word is, er, sorry, I skipped this part. Sorry. He took that moment, he took the appearance of a servant. And John, John tells us in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And right here, right now, in this moment, that word, Jesus, is dressed like the lowest house servant, washing the dirty, nasty feet of the men that would soon break his heart. You picturing all that? I just gave you like a whole fire hose full of stuff to think about. And in that moment with this action, Jesus shows them his love. You know, we see this pictured in Philippians also, chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. It's another lasting example of what we should strive for. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, or excuse me, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count yourselves, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Your attitude should be that as Christ Jesus, who being very in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, in this moment, Jesus is living that out. He makes himself nothing. He took on the very nature of a servant. But throughout his ministry, in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. In this Easter season, and I, I say it that way on purpose, because culturally, that's what it has become. A season of cards and candy and baskets and lunches and all the trappings of, of many Christmas. Our, our culture, our society has made Easter like little Christmas. It, you think I'm crazy, I know, but look at some of the stuff the stores are putting in their pre-made baskets these days. I'm telling you, it's like little Christmas out there, spring sales and all. Kids get all kinds of stuff on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday. But this season... We need to be laying down anything that prevents us from uniting and advancing the life-giving kingdom of God. Instead of grabbing more stuff that means nothing, let's prepare ourselves well to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's remember his lasting example. Let's simply put on love, serving and preferring one another over ourselves, like Philippians says. Remember, it was Jesus that showed us love never fails. As we take up our new life in Christ, we also have taken up God's purpose, his wisdom, his plans. This is what empowers us to succeed against all the plans of the wicked one and to experience, like Jesus, the ultimate victory where we will live with God for eternity. We will live before God for eternity. And so this morning, as the praise team comes forward, I want to share with you from Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. Mark reminds us 
of what Jesus shared with his disciples about this lasting example. He says, And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Sometimes, more times than we would like to admit, I think we forget what the Christian life should be like. We, we forget what the Christian life should be. We get caught up in what we think we deserve sometimes rather than what we are called to do. We get caught up in these things, these ideals that we don't need to be treated in a certain way or that we don't need to apologize for something and we miss it. We get caught up in that stuff rather than what we're called to do. You see, throughout Jesus' ministry, throughout his life, he left a lasting example of what he came to do. There are two things he repeatedly says. He came to seek and save the lost. He also came not to be served like a king, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for us, for our sins. With that knowledge and noting that we are to be a reflection of Christ, what do you need to do in your life today? What do you need to do so that you can be prepared to live out this lasting example of Jesus? I'm not saying you have to go out and start washing people's feet. But what do you need to lay down so that you can go out and serve others? You see, when we say go to win here at Huntsville Christian Church, serving is a part of that. It's not, it's not go to be served, it's go to win. And you're going to win people by, by serving, by sharing Jesus with them. I don't know what you need to do so that you'll be ready to serve. By the way, I just have a quick side note about service and serving and things like this. this is real quick. I'll try not to get too soapboxy on this, but to serve doesn't always go hand in hand with your spiritual gift. I can say it that way. I think that's a pretty safe way to say it. it, it serving is the willingness to put yourself out there. Oh, look, washing feet is not a spiritual gift. Jesus choosing to wash the disciples' feet was not Jesus exercising a spiritual gift. Okay? Folks, sometimes you just need to lay down your pride, grab the towel, and get busy. That's what serving is. We like to say, well, that's not my giftedness. Uh, it's pulling weeds. That's not my giftedness. You're helping a sick neighbor clean their house. That's not my giftedness. Hey, organization is not my giftedness. It doesn't mean I can't help you come clean out the garage. I can throw stuff away, just not my stuff. <laughs> I can throw your stuff away. You see, that's it. It's, it's serving. It's not called spiritual serving, it's called serving. So that you can step up, so you can pick up the towel, 
and you can do the job that needs to be done. We got to quit hiding behind spiritual gifts. If you're wondering what your spiritual gift is, Larry Long's teaching a Sunday school class on that this uh, semester. It's not too late to get involved in that. See what I did? I did that for you. <laughs> Selfless plug for Larry in his Sunday school class on spiritual gifts. But that's the thing. We, we, we want to we have that discussion in our brain. If I can help that person, well, it's not really my giftedness. You just, you're giving them some gas money. You don't need a spiritual gift to put $10 in somebody's tank to serve, to win. Jesus got up, laid down his garments, and he got busy serving. And sometimes that's just what we need to do. We need to get busy serving. What does that look like for you today? What do you need to lay aside so that you can serve others and leave a lasting example and reflection of Christ in our community? Maybe you need to lay aside your own life. Put the old self to death and submit to Jesus in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The baptistry is ready. Maybe you're struggling with something and it's keeping you from connecting with Christ the way that you need to so that you can reflect him well in our community. Listen, the elders are here. They, they would love to go and pray with you and, and spend some time setting up some accountability with you so you can move forward in that. Whatever your response is this morning to God's word, will you stand and sing our response song with us and respond to Jesus' lasting example.